Join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues to teach from 2 Chronicles in this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. This study series on heavenly authority is brought to you from the church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. And when we left off, Pastor was in chapter 7, where the Lord answers Solomon's prayer of dedication for the temple. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, verse 14, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. It's very hard for human beings to humble themselves. It is so hard for us to admit when we're wrong. That's all the prayer, right? When they've sinned, when these things come upon them, when they look toward this temple and they recognize this temple means you're almighty, we are sinners, we need to confess and come into your tender mercies which endure forever. But it's so hard to do that. The human nature, our pride fights against it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, not just seek God's face for blessing and still do the wickedness, but humble themselves, pray, seek God's face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and what? And heal, heal, heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. If my people who are called by my name, he summarizes Solomon's prayer, he says it's a good prayer, and he says, I will do just that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This place is identified with the name of Yahweh, God Almighty. He is that he is. And yet, can a building made by hands, how can it contain God when the heavens of heaven cannot contain him? Will God indeed dwell on earth with men? Jesus would prophesy in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. That temple would be destroyed. Under Titus, they would destroy the temple, bring it down, and then they would send the Jews into exile initially, and then in 120, there would be the second Jewish revolt, and they would be dispersed. God could give victory over the Egyptians. He could drown the chariots of the Egyptians in the sea. 
God could give them victory over the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites. They could walk around the walls of Jericho, sound the trumpet, and the walls would come down, and not one Hebrew would die. But the greatest problem we have is ourselves, to humble ourselves and declare ourselves sinners. And that temple no longer was enough. They needed to come face to face with the real enemy, every man's real enemy, ourselves. We have Satan, the great enemy, and all the demons in the world system that tempts us, but God cannot be tempted. Jesus walked in this world for 30 plus years and never once sinned, though he was tempted in every way we are. And when we look to the temple, we see how short we are, how much we fall short of the glory of God. And we need to recognize, Lord, the greatest enemy is myself. And I need to be saved from me and from my sins and from the devil and from the world and from the enemies around. That temple would come down. And then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 2, Matthew chapter 12, verse 2, we read, And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Down in verse 6, after he answers them, he says, Yet I say to you that in this place where they're standing, there is one greater, one greater than the temple. In this place there is one greater than the temple. And in John chapter 2, and verse 18, so the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews, the Jewish leaders said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But, John tells us, he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Will God dwell with man? And how can God come to us? In what form? That temple cannot contain him. Yes, God does dwell with man. He becomes one of us. He sends his Son, the Son of God, God the Son. He incarnates, he comes in the flesh, and the dwelling of God is with men. In John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt. That word there literally is tabernacle. He tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The true temple. Because now you see the power of God, now you see the name of God, and now you see the nature of God, what God is like. When you see him, you see the Father. And when you look toward that temple, you say, Lord, you're worthy, I'm not. You're holy, I'm sinful. I need you, O oh God. You must save. 
I get down on my knees, I lift up my hands before you, I pray toward you, Lord Jesus, and when you pray to Jesus Christ, when you pray to the Father in his name, God hears. He recognizes. He says, you have identified who I am. You know my power. You know my grace. You know my way. You know my nature because you know my son. This is the temple, the true temple, that came down from heaven to men. And when we look toward him, when we pray toward him, when we repent, the Father hears from heaven. In Proverbs 28, 13, Solomon would write, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Isn't that what the whole new covenant is about? That we confess our sins and Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from every unrighteousness, send and baptize us in his Holy Spirit, save us to the utmost, renew our minds, remake our spirits, and give us reconciliation to the Father that we can enter the kingdom of heaven. This dedication of the temple in Jerusalem marks the formal start of Israel as a great nation, established finally in its land and controlling its land. We've seen all the battle in Joshua and Judges and Samuel, how hard it was to obtain that land. Now it's established. They are a nation. They have a capital they have a center, they have a temple showing the close, inseparable connection between a chosen, called out people and their God. That temple identifies them with he who is that he is. And when they disobeyed and sinned and became like the pagan nations around them, when God's punishment was upon them, and the shadow of unrighteous Babylon hung over the land, Jeremiah would cry out in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 18. Jeremiah 8, verse 18. I would comfort myself in sorrow. This is centuries after Solomon. The Babylonians are coming. I would comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is faint in me. Listen, the voice the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country is not the Lord in Zion, is not her king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger, says the Lord? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images, with their foreign idols? When they've gone to these other ways, why do they do it and provoke me to anger that I lift my hand of protection from them? The harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people. But when you turn 
when my people who are called by my name pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, turn to this temple, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Jeremiah is saying, why is there no healing? Because they have become like the nations around them. Until they were broken and crying out in the right way, there was no physician, there was no balm in Gilead. In Jeremiah 8, verse 9, he says, The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? The wise of the land, when they reject the word of God, how wise are they? Now, I think you know what I'm saying here, right? That what God would do with his nation Israel if he judged his own people, called out the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then one nation on earth can stand if they reject his ways, if they turn from the temple he establishes that gives them blessing, if in their wisdom and their might and their prosperity, all of a sudden they forget the way of God, how wise is that? Because the hand of protection can be lifted up. If he did it to his people Israel, he can do it to any nation at any time in history. Is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there a physician there? Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web for serious Bible study and information about our church. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.